Here we are, episode four, rolling in May, yep. getting closer and closer to the Indy 500, one of my favorite times of year, aside from Christmas, or, yeah, it's a close second. Here with Lindy Thaxton. You're Lindy, welcome. You, you got to love the 500. Well, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have so, had someone in here not too long ago who just wasn't really the same mindset. I was what? Like, what? Are you, you and, really and were born in the state of Indiana? Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Wow. Oh, well, it happens. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Well, good. We are happy to have you um, for a lot of reasons, and we'll get into that. Um, why don't you, if you would, share with us, you know, who is Lindy Thaxton? Mm-hmm. Um, or the early years, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm actually from Frankfurt, Indiana, so I'm a hot oh. dog. Okay. Yeah. And I went to Purdue for broadcast journalism. Boiler up. Yep. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling he it's went okay. to IU. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little kind of uh, undertone in I the podcast yeah. here. I, I just yeah. knew that that immediately yeah. was going to uh-huh. yeah. trigger the, the... You know, we, we had a guest on here. We've had multiple yeah. guests, too. No, just just the one so far that was yeah. another IU alumni. Oh, right? really? There's right. a lot of them. And yeah, I know. There's so many of them. Yeah, got to watch right I married back. a boiler. You did? Helps. Yeah. Well, Angela Ganot at work is, you know, a Hoosier. So yes, we, she is. Yeah, so we got a lot of that going on. Yeah. But uh, so I went to Purdue for broadcast journalism, and I was an Indy 500 princess when I was there. That was in 2001. Okay. I think that was the first year Elio won. And um, I was also an intern at WLFI up there in Lafayette. So mm-hmm. I was on air as an intern. That's how I made my first resume tape. So okay. then I moved to Southern Illinois, lived in Carbondale, and anchored a morning show there for a couple years. And then I went to Jacksonville, Florida, and worked there for four years. And then I got this random email one day from a producer with, do you remember the ALMS racing series? Vaguely. It's sports cars. Okay. And um, they were looking for someone to do radio. This came out of nowhere. So the last year of my news contract, I on the weekends, I went and did racing radio and then kept doing news. And then IndyCar had switched networks. So when that happens, typically everybody's let go. They bring in a new crew and, and the, the timing worked out. So I ended up getting that IndyCar job. And I think it was like 2008. Moved to Orlando. My brother's an air traffic controller and he was living there. So And I was just traveling. So I lived there and... Then we were going to start this IndyCar show called IndyCar Open Wheel Weekly, and it was going to be like 26 weeks long. I picked up. I'd lived in Florida 10 years, moved back here, and it was canceled after four. Oh. So, <laughs> but all my family's here. I mean, it, you know, it, it's worked out. Were and, you into racing before all that started? or just Yeah, just like we were saying from living here. Sure. You know, yeah. I was. Um, so I met my husband doing that. He was a crew chief for 12 years, and we got married in 2013 okay. and both left racing full time. Who's okay. the chief for? Um, a lot Always. of people, okay. but Ed Carpenter, Oriel Servia. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I'd have to think, but those were the most recent. Okay. Sure. And really, you know, he stopped doing it because I, you know, I was going to be a single parent. He'd be on the road all the time. Yeah. You know, it's difficult. So he will still sometimes work the month of May. And I do PA out at the track, so I, I still get to enjoy the 500. Um, so 2013, I started at Fox 59 and eventually got into anchoring the morning mm-hmm. show and MC the Pacers. Um, for six years. And, you know, that kind of leads to the first sign something was wrong is, you know, here I'm doing games until 11 p.m. and I'm getting up at 2.30 a.m. for a morning show. And so I don't realize how fatigued I am. Yeah. That it's way, way more than it should be. But I think that's the case for a lot of people. I mean, we're all busy and we're Mm -hmm. all tired. 
you know, I had a four-year-old at home at the time, and of course I'm tired. Tired is part yeah. of your life. Exactly. Yeah. So, so as so, far as fatigue went, that was hard to tell. Yeah. Sure. You know, comes part of the persona mm-hmm. at that point. Like, yeah. Like, and we were we were on vacation, like just a little family trip last February, and my husband made a comment like, "You're way too tired than you should be," and I got ticked off. I mean, and we don't really argue. And I was like, "I get up at two thirty. I have, you know, I'm a mom. Blah blah blah." And and he was right. I mean, it was beyond what it should have been. Okay. Yeah. So that's, I guess we're kind of evolving into into, into that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get there real quick, going back to the, to the early years in Frankfurt, um, did you go to Frankfurt High School then, I assume? I went, to, the I went to Frankfurt Christian, which isn't okay. a school anymore, but I was at Frankfurt High School for, I think, my freshman and sophomore years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got a fraternity brother who is a year older than me, but went to Frankfurt. Oh, really? So we, we, we well, I know everybody. Hot dogs all the time. <laughs> Should you know Jack Clemens? Is that that name sounds really familiar, or, especially I'm probably the last older than name. You, I'm 40. I'm 48. <laughs> <laughs> I act like a 12-year-old, if that counts. At least that's what I'm told I can time. attest to that. Thank you. I like uh, it. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, so Lindy, t- tell us what what is what is your cancer story? Well, so last January 2020 is when I really started noticing uh, severe abdominal cramps, really low in my stomach, and also terrible tailbone pressure. I could not sit down. I could not lay down. I would have to call into work three or four days in a row when I would have you know these incidents. Is I mean, this I in conjunction with the tiredness? Yes. Or kind of mm-hmm. what led to it. Okay. Yeah, and then all of a sudden started getting blood in the stool. And then I'm scared. Yeah. And my doctor thinks it's colitis. And I get a CT scan March 16th, which shows signs of inflammation. So she's still thinking colitis. Wants me to get a colonoscopy to be sure, but it was postponed three times for COVID. But it's just getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And she keeps pushing. And she ends up finding a colorectal cancer surgeon, Dr. Pittman here locally, who said he would take me in. But we didn't think it was cancer. Yeah. So... I even went in for an exam with him, and he's like, oh, it's probably colitis. So May 6th, I go in for the colonoscopy. Chris could not come in, my husband, because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, I woke up from anesthesia, maybe a little early, I don't know, and I heard him say biopsy, and the nurse covered my ears and said, she's awake. Stop talking. Wow. And so I knew something was up, but you're so out of it from anesthesia, you know? And um, I kept asking the nurses, like, so it's colitis? And they kept saying, you need to talk to the doctor. And so he had to call Chris since he wasn't there. And, I mean, Chris is shocked because you're not expecting that, and he hardly remembers anything he said. Did so you he, feel like something was up? Yeah. I mean, with those yeah. answers, like, yeah. okay, this Something's isn't right. Up, you know? Everybody's, like, their Everybody's whole, their vibe was off, and yeah. they're just acting it's weird like, and everything. It's like they looked like they felt bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm being wheeled out to the truck, and... I hear a nurse tell Chris, I, I just heard the word tumor. And I turned to her and I said, I have a tumor. And she said, yeah. And I said, is it cancer? And she pretty much said yes. And Chris said, you know, that was a weird way to find out. But in a way, he was relieved because he didn't know how to tell me. Yeah. You know, it was just it was just one of those things. And I barely remember the ride home. I mean, I spent that evening in bed. You're, as I said, out of it from anesthesia. But I mean, I was just crying and it just shocking. You know, woke up yeah. the next day and it's like, did that really happen? But the next day we went back to see the surgeon and he said it was probably stage three. He was thinking because yeah. he could tell it was probably in lymph nodes. Um, and he hooked me up with my radiation oncologist, Dr. Lieager. And then Lieager hooked me up with Dr. Birhere, my chemo oncologist. And from then on, as you know, it's a full-time job, yeah. you know, and it was constant scans and blood work and all this. 
And I took those two weeks off work. One, I just mentally couldn't work, mm-hmm. you know, and it was really hard to look at my son and, and wonder how much longer I would be able to see him, mm-hmm. you know, and so it was, I think, a week or two before I found out it was for sure stage three, and and that's when we decided, you know, to come up with a plan of what to do. Yeah. When people hear you have cancer, a lot of people react different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that night, you know, having some alone time and, and, and kind of letting it sink, and then did that persist, or was that just kind of your, your, your one call it one dark moment. And then you turned around from there and the attitude suddenly changed. Oh no, it went on and on. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I cried all day long for days and days and days. And even still, I mean, a couple weeks ago, I'm driving to a doctor's appointment and just start crying. And why? I don't know. Right. You know, and I mean, I'm in therapy and, and do everything I can. I've really Mm -hmm. had to slow down my life and, you know, it, it takes work every day to wake up and, and be like, I'm not going to live in fear of recurrence all day. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's taken a lot of work. I mean, it's been almost a year. Sure. I get that. Um, I've been out 21 years mm-hmm. and there's, it's gotten a lot easier. I mean, time, as I say, time heals and that's, that's certainly true. But for anyone who's gone through this experience that we have, um, yeah, that there are, there are moments where all, you know, you get yeah. a little ache in the back. Exactly. It could be completely nothing, but pops in your head like oh crap Cancer. what's that right mm-hmm. because when this happened to me you know i'm googling my symptoms and they're they always tell you don't think it's cancer google's gonna say yeah. it is and yeah. it was yeah you know yeah i rang the bell you know april 12th and went to the er the next day i thought i was having heartburn pain as a chemo side effect and they said it was not that and i start going in for ct with contrast and all these tests again and you know, just started crying, thinking, here it is. I've already got it again. Yeah. You know, and luckily it was just a gallstone and inflamed gallbladder, and I had it removed, and honestly, I feel so much better. <laughs> you know, they think that was a problem since last summer, but yeah, exactly. Every little thing I feel, I worry. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. When you were, so when you were diagnosed, and then they they had, you had the initial surgery, what was the what was your regimen at that point? Going well, forward? actually, I didn't have a surgery initially because they thought it was slow enough growing that I didn't have to go into surgery right away. Okay. They don't know how long I've had it, by the way. Um, so what they decided to do was six weeks of chemo pills and radiation, and that'd be five days a week. Then yeah. I'd take a six-week break for recovery, do surgery, another six-week recovery break, and then do cleanup chemo if I needed it, which would be through an IV. So I got through 15 rounds of chemo pills and radiation, left work being like, see you tomorrow. And next thing I remember, I'm in the hospital, I'm looking in the mirror in the bathroom, and I look fully pregnant again. And I was in the hospital for 24 days straight. It was a bowel blockage. So I went into emergency surgery for that. Three-week memory loss, didn't know my husband, didn't know my son, my doctors, anyone. Um, doing a bunch of weird stuff in the hospital. You may have seen in the paper. <laughs> yeah. I was anchoring the news and tossing to Scott and trying to toss to the nurses and getting ticked off when they wouldn't do a report. <laughs> I saw a neurologist twice of them trying to figure out what was up, and who knows? Were you, I mean, obviously you weren't aware of it at all. You no. Were just, it was just. And it was just like one day, I remember it, I'm, I just woke up. I mean, I'm just in the hospital bed, and it was just like, hello, I'm here. Like, what just happened? Right. You know, and I lost 40 pounds at wow. that time. Yeah. 
Um, lost three-fourths of my hair from the malnutrition. I actually didn't lose my hair from chemo. The regimen I was on, Full Fox, uh, you'll maybe lose a fourth of it, but it, it's not all of it. Yeah. Um, and so that was malnutrition, and I ended up having, have you heard of TPN? You maybe mm-hmm. have. It's, mm-hmm. it's nutrition. It's IV nutrition. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. So that's when I had to get the chest port put in, and, and I had to do 18 hours a day of a, being attached to an IV nutrition bag. That's wow. To try and get my weight back up. Yeah. And I've gained 20 of it back and it's difficult to do when you're in chemo. Yeah. You know? Correct. Yeah. Unfortunately, post cancer, I've done a pretty good job of gaining. <laughs> and then some. That's what I think. But. It won't be a problem pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was never able to resume treatment after that spent the summer recovering and then was finally able to have the tumor removed August 24th. Uh, they took the tumor out, 8.2 inches of colon, 41 lymph nodes, and they found cancer in one of the lymph nodes. And so that's why I had to do the cleanup chemo. And they wanted me to do 12 rounds every two weeks. I ended up doing 10, and they were happy with that. Um, it's very difficult with side effects. I had to take several mm-hmm. breaks because of the side effects or mm-hmm. my white blood cell count. Right. And it just got to the point where... Okay, statistically, what's the difference between 10 and 12? The chemo's killing me. My PET scan after round six came back cancer-free. Um, you know, and after just talking to a lot of people, we just decided to end it at 10. And, and I'm pleased with that decision. Yeah. You know, it came down to if I get it back, would if I get cancer again, would I hate myself for stopping two rounds early? And, I, and no, yeah. I, I'm confident in my decision to stop. That's good. Yeah. Do you feel like your attitude has changed um, as, as the treatment progressed, do you feel like your, your attitude has changed somewhat? Mm-hmm. There's so many different feelings you have throughout the whole thing because you're going through it and all you want to do is survive. And then you do, and you feel bad you did, you know, it's like I'm ringing the chemo bell and I'm looking at everyone who some people I know are in their, their chemo for life. I made friends with them, you know, or, and I felt bad. It was my last day. I don't know why some people make it and some don't who have the exact same cancer, exact same treatment, do the exact same things. I don't know. Yeah. And now that I'm finished with treatment, I'm dealing with, okay, I've done nothing for a year, but fight this thing. And now I'm done. So now Mm. what do I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and now I got to think about going back to work and, and how do I maintain, you know, trying to keep stress free and low inflammation and stay, you know, as active as I can and do what I can to not have it come back. Sure. Well, there's some things we can control and some things we can't, obviously. Yeah. Um, I have found, we talked about this earlier, that attitude plays a huge role um, in the process. Mm -hmm. And of course you could say that about, about life in general, but really when, when, when people get posed with a challenge like this. Um, it's kind of like fight or flight. You really have no other option when battling cancer. You have to fight. Yeah. If mm. We all know what, what the alternative exactly. is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I th- that's why I ask you, how, how mm-hmm. do you feel like maybe it changed? I mean, there's no, no, no cool question. We have our dark moments. There's, yeah. you ha- everyone's entitled to sitting there and, and asking, you know, why me or why is mm-hmm. this going on or, you know, holy crap or whatever. But at some point, you gotta, you gotta say, okay, you know, I want to keep living. So exactly, let's let's do this. And what happened for me was, I there were some people I reached out to before I put it out on social media because I found it was actually very difficult to tell people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really hard for people to hear. And 
one of those people I told early was James Hinchcliffe. I've known him a very long time, and he obviously went through a lot with the terrible crash at the Speedway, and he was the mm-hmm. first person who said, you better have your attitude right, period. Yeah, he's right. You know, and yeah. although that seems so common sense, when you're so stressed out, you really need someone to just straight up say that to you. Um, and I do find now, I guess I'm just... This sounds weird to say, but thankful for it. If something, that's the only attitude I can have to mentally get through it. And the messages I'm getting from people of who are now going to get colonoscopies and they're catching a polyp right before it's cancer and all that, that, that keeps me going and yeah. helps me to have a good attitude about it. And yeah, I, I just try and anything that comes in my path now, I just try and be calm and still about it and thankful for it and impatient and see what comes, right. you know? Yeah. Was, was there ever uh, a thought about, you know, not sharing your story on social media Mm-mm. or trying to just from, from day one when you knew like this was something that yeah. you wanted to, to be able to share? What surprised me is how many messages I get of people who are shocked. I talk about it, that mm-hmm. I said anything. And that really surprised me. Um, but you know, even my own husband says he wouldn't talk about it or post mm-hmm. it, you know? And I, I guess there are a lot of people like that. So one, no, I wasn't going to not say anything. But two, what was I going to do? Just disappear off the air for a year? Yeah. You know? And so, in a way, I had to say something. But I didn't feel like I had to. I wanted to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I would agree. Everyone tends to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly encountered a lot of people who don't feel comfortable sharing their story. And that, you know, that's fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's their choice. Um, one thing I found um, comforting is, or encouraging was speaking to someone who had already gone through what I was about to go through. Um, I've done that now myself with others, but that instance I remember pretty vividly. And, you know, I guess my attitude was, well, heck, if so-and-so can get through this, I can get through this. One of the first things I did when I was diagnosed is I went on Instagram and searched hashtags to find other, you know, 40-ish year old moms with the same thing going through it. And there are a lot of them and it's such a huge support. I mean, I have all their phone numbers now. We all text. They're all in different states. Right. You know, and it's such a comfort to have that. I saw, um, you know, screenings have dropped 90% during the pandemic. And what's scary about that is there's going to be a bunch of people who are stage four. Mm -hmm. You know what? Correct. Once yeah. they go get screened. Yeah, we had we had a on uh, episode one with Brian Babbitt. It came up and we talked about that mm-hmm. with with the pandemic. People were just putting things off that they felt were elective or what have you, and, and we've got to get back on that. Yeah. I might mean, get why it happened, but at the same time, uh, it's scary to think about what what things yeah. possibly were missed and just that extra six, twelve, eighteen months. Right. How much longer would it have taken before it had gone to my liver? Right. I mm-hmm. don't know. Correct. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Well, thankful it didn't. Yeah. Thankful it got 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 on it when it did, and mm-hmm. and and here you are. Um, what would you say about the whole experience or the process st- today stands out to you the most, good or bad? The insane amount of support. Um, well, one, I'm very fortunate just from being on TV. I got a lot of support. Sure. And I'm very thankful for that. But, you know, the people in our lives who mowed our grass, you know, every mm-hmm. week, who brought us meals three days a week, the handwritten notes, um, just oh, that has been so overwhelming to me. 
even still now a year later, you know, to get all that stuff is just unbelievable. I mean, I, I got a, a book from someone who, you know, she had gone through a tough time and had her own notes, you know, written in the book. She gave me the book and said, this is for you. Put your own notes in it and pass it on when you're done. Just really thoughtful yeah. things, you know, that, yeah. that I would never think of. And what it's really made me realize is I need to be a better friend. You know, I mean, when something's going on with someone, I really need to make an effort to to do something. Yeah, yeah that's a great takeaway. I, like, I love mm-hmm. the idea of that book. In particular, mm-hmm. the one, it wasn't like she just bought you another copy right. to hey, her, um, but one with the, her handwriting in it and then you know, adding to that and passing it on. That That's very cool. So thoughtful. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Social media was not around 21 years ago. Uh, when I was going through, but I could see how that could be a huge resource. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was smart or good on you for recognizing that and utilizing it. That may be something that hopefully, you know, if what we're doing here assists others in, in that way, great. And it's been good for the most part. You know, I mean, I've gotten a couple not nice messages. You know, of course, I had to cut off all my hair yesterday, you sure. know, and, and that was really emotionally hard to do. You know, of course, you know, it's like, oh, I don't care about my hair. I want to live. But that doesn't mean it's not hard to lose it. And um, woke up this morning and, you know, some guy had put on the picture, OMG, what a fail. (laughs) You know, and I cried and I Mm -hmm. and I felt dumb. I let one person out of hundreds, you know, have that effect on me. But it's just overall an emotional Mm -hmm. thing. And I, I think I had just held it in for so long. And I saw that comment and I just you know, let it out. But yeah. overall though, 99.9% of social media has really lifted me up and helped me get through this. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, it's easy for me to say, Hey, forget that one comment. Mm-hmm. Um, that why they would do that. I don't know. I mean, Welcome to me, to hair is overrated anyway, but <laughs> yeah. I digress. <laughs> I just he think was, he must be whoever miserable. That, whoever that gentleman is that made that comment, you want to comment on my social media, feel yeah. free and then we'll have a conversation <laughs> Thank in person. You. Thank you. <laughs> Not sure I was going there, but I don't know. that kind of got me. Got I like me, it though. Got me set up. Yeah. <laughs> Indy Five Hundred. We we chatted on earlier, and you obviously had play play a role at IMS uh, for that event. Do you do other events? There's all IMS um, events, or just I sometimes do the Brickyard or the yeah. Grand Prix. Yeah. But you're, an, I mean, you're a Hoosier, you're an open wheel person, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, the Todd family has a big tradition with the 500. I'm, as you can see from my pants, I'm yes, big, I noticed that uh, big 500 fan. Um, what what does that look like for you this year? So I'm just going to do race day, and um, we'll probably have our Fox 59 morning show out there as usual as well. So hopefully I'll be doing that and then trans transition to PA. And what I intend to do is probably just you know maybe the the interview with whoever waves the green flag and a couple things. Just take it easy mm-hmm. and then man the infield medical center because you can basically just kind of sit there and, and wait as they come back. And I feel like I can handle that. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's such an awesome comeback opportunity. And yeah. um, I was on Hinch and Rossi's podcast a couple weeks ago and, you know, they said, oh, you know, the 500 is just not the same if you're not on PA. And I thought, gosh, you know, that means so much because I've been doing that nine years now and, you know, I've really worked hard and it just means so much to be thought of like that. And also the racing community is who has really stepped up to take care of this. This is very financially difficult. I don't have long-term disability. I haven't been getting paid since November and the Indy family foundation with IndyCar and the USAC benevolent fund have been helping us pay our bills every month, you know, and I, 
how do I even thank them, you know, yeah. for that? I, I yeah. could never repay them or thank them to take that stress off me while I was trying to fight for my life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to ask? <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. I probably, I go off on tangents when I answer. So no, sorry that's okay. about that. No, that's, no good. that's good. So I guess here, here, I just thought of it now. You're in the infield. Um, mm-hmm. No third turn snake pit this year? Oh, are they going to have one? No, are you? Or why am I going to be there? Yeah. Do a little crowd surfing I've been out there a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm actually thinking about staying in a motorhome this year oh. so that I can sleep in a little longer oh, race there you morning. Go. You don't have to, yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah that'll be my first motorhome experience out there. Yeah. Nice. Outside of, it's outside of three and four, right? Where they park the motorhomes, I think. Could be. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm don't going know. out with the fans. You probably know better actually, than me. Yeah. What you ought to do is... Park your motorhome next to the motor coaches at the drive. No, we are. talked about that. That'd be embarrassing because ours is just like this little motorhome, and they oh, have the, these big pre-seats. Right, but that that all the more the, reason yeah. why you should. You think? And then you can take part in the late night shenanigans that go on. Oh, there you that go. Yeah. Allegedly go. Allegedly yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd be right there. Yeah. If yeah. you drive in and see a little motorhome there, you're gonna know I did. I, I want to see it. <laughs> Text me a photo. I want to see it. We'll, we'll we'll make some good commentary. Out of that. Yeah, that would be great. That is funny. Wait, who's who's golf cart? Can you put up on top of their motorhome or take Ooh. the wheels off of? And, and it wasn't that was it uh, Rossi's uh, golf cart that they did that to Who last time was or something? That? Like that? Was it not? Was it Sage Karam? Or they took the wheels there off his actual vehicle? I feel like Dario <laughs> did or something. Yeah, it could be that. I know. So we we share a common uh, Middle Eastern connection mm-hmm. in our blood, as <clears> as does TK. Even though most people think that he's just Brazilian, uh-huh. but he has some Lebanese blood in him for sure. Yeah. And we know that he is behind a fair amount of those. And, um, <laughs> oh, big time. Maybe that just, I don't know, yeah. just kind of runs. Tony the board, sent me a nice snake plant. A snake plant? Yes, he and snake Lauren plant. did. Yeah, and you know why? Because it's easy to keep alive. And a year later, it's still alive, and I barely water the thing. Well, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Less to think about, right? Yeah. When you go to the race or when you start covering things at the track, um, as we all know, a lot of things go on and it's a, it's not just a one day you're in and out sort of thing. It's a, you know, two, two and a half, three week process oh, yeah. these days, which is awesome. Um, and I hope that we can get, you know, back to the original schedule sooner than later. Um, how, how do you, how do you think you're going to feel when you go back in there and start and start covering that again? I think it's going to be really emotional. I try and visualize it a lot and go through it in my head so that hopefully when I get there, it's not too overwhelming, you know, but it's just going to be. I think energy-wise, I'm only able to do race day. You know, I just, I cannot overdo it. And even as far as going back to Fox 59, my oncologist says only one hour anchoring, not three. You know, and apparently they tell everyone, look, if you work an eight-hour shift, when you go back, you need to work four. You know, just the stamina is not there. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping to get back to Fox May 24th and not be on air that week and just kind of get acclimated you know, do the 500 and then, yep. then get back on the morning show. But look, it's going to be hard to get up at two 30 in the yeah. morning, get myself together. This today's the third time I've done makeup in a year. So you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope it's okay. It's probably clown. No, 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 no. But, um, yeah. Someone told me to put makeup on too. It shines too much. It's a shine. <laughs> so that, that's a lot to think about transitioning back into normal life. Yeah. Certainly beats the alternatives that it doesn't. Totally. Yeah. 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 We're glad you're. We're glad to have you back. Thank you. Or looking forward to you being back. I should say officially. Yes, Let I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. What are the odds we could talk Doug into letting you sound off the cannon that morning? Oh my gosh. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to get up early, super early. But I'd already be up. Yeah. 
Was that yeah, five a.m.? Isn't five? it six? Is it six? So I know it's I know it's early. Six. Six. Okay. Scares scares the crap out of me always this way. At least I know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> or better yet, wave the green flag. You, I mean, your your RV is going to be up front anyway. Yeah. Pull out of that. There you fire go. that thing off at six a.m. and do it like right next to the window Wait. of of your least. Well, no, not least. I won't say least favorite driver. Whoever, whomever you shall select. Should I be the pace car with the motor? Home? I think that would be. There nice. you go. With the with in the, the motorhome. Motor that Ooh, would be fantastic. That'd be sketchy. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Clark Griswold trying to make <laughs> make it around at anything over 100 miles an hour. If that if it, you can yeah. get up that high, that would be. Oh, scary. we have all sorts of plans now. I'm trying to think who my least favorite driver is. Uh oh. Well, we we won't go yeah, there. Yeah. Let's yeah. not go there. <laughs> so obviously, you're a huge Indy 500 fan. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about that at length. Uh, the Pacers, you said you, you've done things yeah. for them. That's an MC. Um, season's going right now. Yeah. Have you have you been back to any games? We just did. Did you? We just went. Well, here's what happened. We went last weekend, and, oh, it was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So I MC'd for six years, and they put me up on the big screen when we were back, and just people clapping and stuff felt, it felt so good. I just felt so alive. You know what I mean? And uh, I was I had enough energy to stay for half. So we actually yeah. got a hotel room downtown. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, so after halftime, we go back to the hotel. And my husband had gotten the vaccine that morning and got sick. So yep. that, then his little, his side effects started. So yeah. um, we left the hotel at 3 a.m. and went home. And <laughs> But um, I'll tell you, I got the vaccine and I'd never felt better. Yeah. And my doctor said, well, you went through chemo. You probably yeah, you, didn't feel that yeah, good. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so it was great to be back and. And see that I I won't continue emceeing. Okay. Uh, maybe sometimes fill in, but it's too exhausting. It's a rough schedule. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you tell someone today? I mean, put yourself in your shoes a year ago. Um, if someone has just recently been diagnosed and they they come to you and say, "Hey, would you speak to John or Jane Doe, who is you know on the on the front end of of their battle, but." very similar to yours, what would you share with them? I would probably say, you know, calm down. You know, I know it's hard to see yourself at the end of this road now, but it's possible, you know, and I'd probably say what James said to me, you you have to keep a good attitude, period, if you're going to get through this. Um, and, you know, honestly, questions like that and also thinking about what am I going to do with this, what I experienced, I don't totally know yet. You know, I don't know why I went through this or what's to come of it. Right. You know, and a lot of that I'm still processing. But one thing I do know is, you know, I really love hearing from people and, and helping them. And, and you know, I get a lot of questions. What's a good gift to get someone? Mm-hmm. You know, or even just I have this symptom, you know, should I go? Or that part I'm really enjoying. Yeah. Yeah, well, so good on Hinch, number one, mm-hmm. for sharing that with you. He's he's 100% accurate. Uh, two, I think the mindset that I certainly I know I have, Daniel, as a as a, someone who hasn't personally gone through this but has mm-hmm. the same mindset, which is what helped preempt this thing and, and based on his support of, of the Heroes Foundation. Um, and, and I think I sense it in you as well in, this, in these earlier stages of, of your own battle is – yeah, I can sit there occasionally and say, why me? But more, it's it's not about that. Now it's like, I won't use terms I shouldn't use, but 
okay, forget that. Mm-hmm. I want to now kick its butt exactly. and do something about it. What is that? And there's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways people can give back to fight against cancer, whether that's raising money for research, talking to people, going through the same process and helping them through it, um, preaching prevention to the extent that we can, um, and just and just supporting in any way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and that's, there's a thousand different ways you can support someone going through the process. I've told people, you know, even just text someone and say, look, you don't need to answer, but I'm thinking of you. The part that if you don't need to huge. answer, that's huge. Yeah. Exactly. Huge. Yeah. Because you literally can't. Mm-hmm. You're right. Episode two that dropped this morning, um, Chris Welch was our guest, mm-hmm. and he shared that he's an owner of a business. When he speaks with his employees now, and and I don't know anyone yeah. who really does this, maybe there are more than I, I know of, they will literally, with employees, finish the conversation with telling each other they love them. Really? Yeah. How unique wow. is that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I have noticed that. My my friends, like people, they they tell me they love me all the time, yeah. you know, and stuff like that started. It, that's mm-hmm. I did notice that. Yeah, you know, the younger me would be like, okay, that that was weird, mm-hmm. um, but you get it exactly. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. not at all. What else? What else do you want to share? What else? What else should we know? Oh, what message would you well, like? to One leave thing I one? I would definitely like to say is you know I don't think caregivers get enough credit. You know, I mean, my husband couldn't work for a couple months. He had to carry me to the vehicle every time. He had to set alarms to give me medication all night. You know, he had to deal with three weeks of his wife not knowing who he was. You know, yeah. and it when you get a cancer diagnosis, the entire family does. I mean, even my extended right. family, you know, yeah. and, and your friends. And I didn't really know anyone who had gone through it before this. I mean, Obviously, my grandparents, you know, and, and things like that. But I didn't know anyone younger, did you? Not at the time. Yeah. No. Yeah, and so I I had no clue about the process and what cancer life was like. Right. But, man, I love my doctors. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. yeah. Chris Thaxton, big thumbs up, buddy. Oh, yeah. uh, he's going to love yeah. that. Chris Hogue. <laughs> Hogue? Oh, shoot. I, I love it. I love it because people call him Mr. Thaxton. I'm like, that's hilarious. Sorry. <laughs> Message is the same. No, yeah, it's awesome. still same. Good job. Yeah, Big man. thumbs up. Yeah, because he also couldn't even stand the sight of blood or anything like that. And boy, that get over changes that quick. Yep. The, the cancer yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I, I'm curious that the book that you received with the notes in it, oh, did you yeah. add your own notes? Or are you, I've are you planning some. to uh, pass that I've along? I've added some. Speaking of books, that is one more thing I'd, I'd like to bring up is one book. I, have you read Radical Hope or Radical Remission? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a book I would I would recommend to, any, to give anyone going through this. It's 10 things that everyone that, that this author talked to who's in remission did. They all did these 10 things. And it's, it's just nice to read for when you're feeling like, what can I do for myself to fight this? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so radical hope is something I would definitely recommend giving people if, if you're trying to figure out what to do for someone. Awesome. Yeah. Take a look at that. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for uh, coming on. Was and, that good? And sharing yeah. your story. I always feel weird being on the other side of like oh. of the interviews. Yeah. 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 Hit us with one. Oh, yeah, yeah, my podcast. Well, the reason I, yeah, the reason I decided to do the podcast was because I kept getting a lot of the same questions over and over and over again this whole year, and it 
it's hard to answer people, you know, especially those months when I just couldn't even be on my phone, but Mm -hmm. I want to answer people. So I thought this would be an easy way to get it out there. And I wanted to keep them short, like between five and 10 minutes, very easy to listen to. And it took me two months to figure out how to do it. You, your your (laughs) setup here is awesome. My father-in-law is actually a, um, production manager for rock bands and uh, so he has a bunch of microphones so I got a mic from him and and just recorded at home and my audio is not near as good as yours is but the first one I just went over the symptoms and then I the next one I talked about my colonoscopy day and then you know what the original plan was I've had to take a couple breaks because there's been kind of like some breaking news you know when I rang the bell and had my gallbladder Mm -hmm. out but I want to keep it going yeah even when I'm done yeah absolutely I enjoy it I have I don't know if this is good or not, but more than 10,000 downloads, nice. um, which I think is okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, what I what I care about is the people that it's reaching and the right. messages that I'm getting. I heard from a, a woman here locally. She's 42, was diagnosed with breast cancer in January. Her husband knows, but nobody else does. But she felt comfortable enough to tell me that. You know, and it's the messages like that that I'm getting that make me want to continue it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called Life with Lindy, and you can go to lindythaxton.com, and it's right there, or it's on Apple. It's on all of them, but I can't figure out how to get it on Google. But we'll, it's on we'll everything talk about else. Yeah, we, we'll help, okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. We got someone backstage right now that could probably help, help out with that. Sweet. So Christopher. As he slowly ducks behind yeah, the monitor. I saw that. So he, can, he loves when I volunteer him for things. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's great. We wish you much success in your podcast. Thank and, you. I'd love to do more work with you guys. I, I love everything you do with this. We'd be yeah, happy, happy to. Yeah, um, That'd be great. I would, I would you know, lean on Hinch and Rossi as well. Mm-hmm. With theirs, I've, I've personally not listened to it, but I certainly will. Mm-hmm. I know both. I know Hinch a little bit through some things that he's done for yeah. the Heroes Foundation in the past. Oh, has he? That's yeah. cool. Um, we did a quick little story. He uh, has a beer with Flat. What well, was Flat Twelve yep. now? Rad Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the prior owners of flat 12 was a buddy of mine. So Sean and, and, uh, James and I went heroes has a, uh, what we call hero one. It's a big old retired military truck. Ooh. And so we drew we loaded it up with a bunch of Lego sets and drove it to Riley and Peyton Manning children's hospital to deliver to Legos to inpatient pediatric oncology wow. patients. Uh, it was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Quickly, they all, you know, beeline for James. Yeah. I, I was like, they don't know who that guy is. He's just some bald dude. Um, <laughs> That's an awesome idea. It, 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 it was fun. It was it was it was interesting. Saying, hey, I know you drive an Indy car, like you know, two forty in the straights or whatever, mm-hmm. averaging two twenty five and such. Here is a big old diesel truck <laughs> that you know, zero to sixty in a day and a half. I bet he kind of loved it though. I possibly. I don't neat. know. Yeah. No power steering, which is, he's used to that. Yeah, yeah. true. Uh, yeah, true. No, it, was, it was a good time. It was a good time. See, and that's the stuff I'm looking forward to being able to do. Yeah. Now that I'm getting back out and about. And yeah. Well, it, those things are very rewarding. Um, I think telling your story like you're doing now, mm-hmm. and as you already witnessed in the, the one lady who actually shared her story with you as being like the first person outside of yeah. her immediate family, it's very therapeutic. Therapeutic oftentimes for you, for the yes. person telling the story. But it can also be therapeutic for others, and mm-hmm. that's why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. If we, you know, we, you reach, you already reached one person. We reach one pe- person, or mm-hmm. preferably a million people, that it somehow helps. We've done our job. Yeah. And if it's one person, I believe it's the one person that needed it. Mm-hmm. So certainly, yeah, 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 awesome. Well, the hair looks great. Thank you yes. so much. Yep. I'm getting used to I, it. I, yeah. I, I like high and tight. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I like my hair kind of wild, so I was like, just leave it long on the top and. 
You'll figure it out every day, right? Yeah, (laughs) I can't say that. So I'm glad you. I'm glad you can do it. Uh, Thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I look forward to working with you in the the future. Yeah, me too. All right. Thanks.